So this is the point of the service that we're, we're going to open up the Bible together. And, uh, oh, we've liked the sweeties this week. There's only one left. That's good going. That's good going. So we have been uh, going through a series in the book of Exodus. And uh, we'd love you to listen online. You're able to listen on to, online. We have a little podcast. Uh, so we record each of these talks. If you've missed uh, any of the previous weeks, we'd love you to do that. And uh, we're at the part where we've seen God's people uh, the Israelites, we've seen them set free from slavery, and we've seen the Red Sea miraculously parted to bring them to safety, and we've seen them write a song. So Moses and Miriam in chapter 15 wrote a song celebrating and documenting the Lord's provision and the Lord's protection and the Lord's strength. And so we're now going to be this morning looking at the second part of chapter 15, and I have just realized I am not giving them the PowerPoint, so I'm going to do that now. Slick as ever. There we go. There we go. We'll pass that over and miraculously it will appear on the screen. So uh, we're going to be reading chapter 15, verse 22. I just had that, you know, that sinking feeling when you're in the middle of something. You're like, how am I going to do it? We'll just call it what it is. I've never done the PowerPoint. So chapter 15, we're starting at verse 22. Why don't we pray before we read God's word? Lord, we love nothing more when you come and meet us. We love this space when we sing songs of your goodness, when we open our hearts afresh, when we can be real with you, we can tell you exactly where we're at, what we're facing. You know, Lord, but we thank you for this space. We don't take it for granted. And we pray as we open your word as we chew over it, as we meditate on it, as we allow it to uh, speak through our situations, our lives, as we head out of this building in, uh, in half an hour's time, Lord. We pray it'll impact. We pray that we will come out more like you, Father. That's our desire. That's why we do this, because we want to be more like you with people who don't know you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's read verse 22. It should be up on the screen as well behind me. I always feel, I'm, always, I'm just going to stay here. I always feel like I'm in front of it, which I am. Okay, verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they camped there near the water. <laughs> the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. 
on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instruction. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Amen. I want to start this morning by sharing a couple of my own grumbles, a couple of my own pet hates, uh, just so you can get to know me that little bit better. Here's a couple of them. The checkouts at Aldi, they are one of my grumbles. They are what, they're, it's one of the most stressful experiences of my week when I go into Aldi, and you have to kind of, it's like something out the matrix, having to bag up all your stuff before it gets to the end, and then you need to have your trolley the right way, and I try and set my bags up before, so in the interim, you kind of open them up. Does anyone else do that? Have them ready to go. This is my frozen stuff. This is my fresh stuff. So Aldi, that, that is one of my pet hates, the trolley bit at Aldi. Also, people that park in kids' spaces when they don't have kids. <laughs> Lord, we pray for them. Radio 1 is too loud. Radio 1 is too loud. I'm a Radio 2 person now. (laughs) Also, also, spiders in the house right now. Our small group WhatsApp chat is just full of pictures of spiders at the minute. Uh, Maddie came running downstairs last night and she caught one in the glass in the living room. I've never seen her sweat so much. She was like, ah, and we just left it there for an hour just to see if anything would happen to it. And then we got rid of it. We managed to get rid of it. But I'm sure each and every one of us all have grumbles, things that irritate and rile us. And of course, the things that I've mentioned are, are silly things. Or they're little examples Uh, But as I was reading this passage, there's something in this that I I truly believe the Lord wants to call out in us as a church community. And that is, in this journey that we have as people of Jesus, that grumbling can go on. And if it goes on, when we don't watch our hearts and watch our relationship with God, that can become a rumble and that can become a stumble. It can take root in our hearts. I want to look at a grumble, a rumble, and a stumble this morning. And I'd love us at the very outset of this to allow the Holy Spirit uh, to really highlight areas in our lives as we, as we journey through this passage. So first, I want to look at a grumble. The seven times, so we see first of all in verse 24 in this passage, if I can just get it. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Seven times this word grumble or murmuring, uh, as it's translated in other uh, translations, is detailed in this this account with Moses. It's a recurring theme. But within this short passage that we've read, and a couple of verses extra, which we'll look at in a little while, there's an interesting development happening. So verse 24, as we've read, they came to, so they're saying they're having grumbles because what are we to drink? 
And then we read later on in the passage, they came to water, but this water was bitter. You weren't able to drink this water. A couple of things on this. These people had just seen God do an amazing, amazing thing. They had seen firsthand God's provision, God's protection over them as a people. They'd been set free. They'd also just seen the Red Sea parted. They penned a song. They put a song together, remembering who God was. They've seen God, the mighty, powerful, all-sufficient God, separate the very thing that they lack three days later. And they start grumbling. Three days later. Just let, let that sink in a little bit after seeing some waters part. And we may be sitting here this morning and God's provided miraculously for us in the last week or the last month or this year. And right now we're facing something that actually in the scale of things is nothing to God, yet we're having a good old moan instead of looking to the throne this morning, instead of looking to who God is. We're focusing and living out of a place of gaps and lack, perhaps, instead of looking at what God has given us where he's got us through, how he has provided for us, where he has spoken, where he has healed, where he has protected. We see in this passage, they're like, what, what have we got to drink? What now, Moses? You took us here to Mara. It's not fit to drink. You can just imagine them. Have you got a plan? You've got a plan? This water, we need water. What, what's, what's happening? And then God responds in this passage, and the water comes good, and they find some water at a place called Elam. And uh, this place, it has an abundance about it. It has springs, it has palm trees, and we see it's everything they need and more. I want to ask us, we see in this passage two different sets of water. There's a lot of, I'm going to turn this off. Does that work? That's better. There was a, a noise happening while I was speaking. There's, I think it's, yeah, it's away now. There's two sets of water in this passage. There's the waters in Mara and there's the waters in Elam. The waters in Mara are bitter and the Elam waters are full of abundance. I wonder what water we can resonate with this morning. Are we bitter in taste to people that come into contact with us? We say we love Jesus and actually we're giving out the wrong water. Or do we give out from Elam? Do we give out of a place of faith and a place of abundance and a place of trust? Do we give out the fruits of the Spirit? You know, church, this is so, I feel this is so important to evaluate honestly and to be transparent and to be real before God in this space that with grumbles, it can start really small. It can often start off the back of a victory or a good season or when life is going well or when we're celebrating and then something goes wrong or something doesn't go how we intended or how we had wished. We have to watch out for the grumble. And I know as a, a parent of two little boys, I know as a husband, I know as a pastor, I know as a human being, how often and how good it is to have a good old moan. You know how you'd say to someone, oh, let's meet for a coffee. I have a good old moan to you just at what's happening. 
to let it out. And I'm all for accountability. I'm all for honesty. But I want to ask us, like, where is that coming from and where does it go? Have we got people in our lives that are bringing perspective, that are stirring faith, that are reminding us of who God is and who we aren't? So, as a people, can I urge us to watch out for the grumble? Because if we don't, it can then become a rumble. See where we're going, don't you? So, uh, we see in verse 3, and we're going to look at that in a little second. A, A lot of people ask me, whenever you're around me or we're in any eating establishment, how I can eat so much and it doesn't go anywhere. I think I've got a really good metabolism. My mom says, hollow legs. That's the kind of the, the phrase that went throughout my, my childhood and as I grew, as I grew up. Well, I, I want to sh- share a little secret. I, pretty much every time after I eat something, uh, we have, whether it's small group, we have a little prayer time and my stomach seems to want to join in the prayer time. Does anybody else have that? So you're maybe eating or even just at any prayer time and your stomach just starts to rumble. It's like, I'm joining in in this prayer time and I end up having to like, really tense my stomach during the prayer time to, and you try and do that to stop it rumbling and uh, yeah. That's kind of the, what I tend to do sometimes. But there was a time, a small a couple of weeks ago, it was almost like two or three tummies were praying together and we're, we weren't collectively acknowledging it and the awkwardness was way past and we're like, okay, we'll just let them take over. <laughs> we see in verse 24 of the passage, we've seen the rumble. And then in verse 3, we see the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. What words are these? There we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. It seems that the grumble in verse 24 has taken root. Something is, is growing and dominating. Even though these people had got water, even though God had provided for them, It doesn't shift anything. It almost goes and settles inside of them into their belly and then it becomes a rumble. They're speaking it out and it allows to grow and fester. And now others are hearing it. It's affecting their decisions, their words, their actions. So we go from verse 24, they're grumbling. And then in verse 2, the whole community are rumbling. It's interesting in that passage, it speaks about the people in verse 24. And then uh, the writer goes to great lengths actually to say the whole community in verse 2. I I suggest that's something of an increase in that moment. Something, you know, there's more people grumbling in that moment. The grumbles of a few had influenced the rumbles of many. So in that passage in verse 2, it says, In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And let's just read those words again, what they have said, taking into account that God has set them free. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. I really struggled reading those words as I chewed over those words, as I read them again and again. What, what words are coming out there? from these people. What sad words that they would rather be back in slavery, dying under Pharaoh, than where they are right now in freedom. Talk about 
rose-tinted glasses. Talk about desiring something where, that, that, you know, a life of death. Yet they wanted to go back to that when one little, when an issue came up and they were walking in freedom. Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And then just a couple of verses before in verse 8, he says, We are hard pressed on every side. I wonder right here if there's a few of us that these words are just, yep, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. Now these people are free. They're forgetting who is fighting for them. Who is fighting for them? One of my uh, favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption. And I won't give away the, the end of the movie. There's a big twist. I tried hard in describing this not to. But uh, there's a specific scene where an old man who'd spent all his life in prison uh, got freedom. And he got out of prison. And uh, it detailed his, he got, I think he got a job at a supermarket. And he just didn't know how to cope with freedom. He'd been that many years in prison, behind bars, that he just couldn't do it. It was too much. It was too much for him. Then we see Andy Dufresne and his best friend Ellis uh, Boyd. When they have freedom, together they embraced freedom. I might have given away the, the, the bit at the end there, but never mind. Now these people are free. They're forgetting who is fighting for them. Let me just say that when we step out into freedom, when we grasp it, when we walk free of the shackles, when we truly believe and trust in Jesus and live in freedom, it doesn't get easier out there. It doesn't get easier. Because at that moment, when we fully grasp the freedom that we have, something changes. We are a weapon for God's kingdom. We are we are full of love and grace and humility, and we are counter to what goes on out in the world. We are in a battle. And when we say, when we give over our lives to Jesus, when we surrender to Him, when, we, when the shackles are broken, when we live in freedom and understand fully the freedom we have, Satan will try every trick in the book. He will try every trick in the book. And he knows, down to a T, for every single one of us, exactly what we will grumble about. And he knows exactly how to turn that grumble into a rumble. But it might be tougher. It might be tougher. But we have hope because one plus God is always the majority. It's always the majority. Cherry said a great word last week in our preach, don't crave being a slave. I think it's because it rhymed as well. It kinda, it's good when things rhyme, they stick, but that's stuck in my heart. Don't crave being a slave. Don't look for comfort in the chains. Don't settle. Don't look back. Don't look back and think, what if? And I don't care what age or stage we are at this morning. I'd love us just to make a promise that we don't sit here in 20 years' time and say, oh, imagine if I'd done that. What if? 
What if? What if I'd taken that little risk? What if I'd went on a bit of an adventure there? I'd love us in 20 years' time for all of us not to be here but all around the world, to be planting churches, to be leading stuff, to be yeah, sharing Jesus with as many people as we can in business, starting business. But I'd also in 20 years' time for all of us to be gathering together and going, imagine if we never. Imagine if we never. Imagine if we never. And I don't care how big this church gets. It's never about that. But what I do care about is how big that each one of us allow God to be in our lives. That's why we're here. That's our jobs as pastors. That's Mary and I's jobs. To pastor us all into a bigger understanding of who God is and all that he has for us. To call out the gold in each other. To say what we say. Say, say what we see in each and every one of us. And that's not just our jobs. That's each other's jobs. To call out the fears call out the dreams, to speak over our finances, our children, our family, our jobs, our houses, our distractions, our temptations, our love for the city. So let's keep an eye on the grumbles and the rumbles. And if you are sitting here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus and you've stepped out in freedom and life is just pretty rubbish just now, I want to just urge us if we're grumbling not to let it rumble, not to look back. We don't want to go there. It wasn't safe. It wasn't comfortable. And maybe perhaps some of us are comfortable. We're, we're heading back to the chains. We'd love to pray with you. And can I, can I do a little plug for small groups just now as well? We announced a small group a couple of weeks back. Emma's starting a, a ladies group on Tuesdays. I think we have five groups throughout the, the city and uh, the shire. We would love if you uh, called Inverness Vineyard Church your place to invest in small groups. To invest in small groups. You may be sitting here this morning and you think, oh, actually, none of these times actually work. We would love you to just go to Jesus and go, how do I make it work? How do I make it? So once a week, I have people around me who are going to challenge, who are going to call out the good stuff, who are going to eat with me, who are going to pray with me, who are going to do life intentionally with me. We'd love you to do that. So we have the grumble, we have the rumble, and then we have the stumble. Now, many of you will know that I was a mortgage advisor before a, a worked for the church as a youth pastor and then coming here to Inverness. And that's nine years ago now that I was uh, mortgage advising for Santander. And I remember it really well. And uh, before I got my certificate to go mortgage advisor, I had to be mortgage advising, I had to do some training in Milton Keynes. So I went down to this mortgage advice center. Uh, it was Abbey National at the time. And uh, had to learn everything about insurances and how to sell mortgages and how to, yeah, it was just intense to get my certificate to do that. And it was my final morning of training and what was involved in that final morning was a mock interview with one of the uh, trainers. And uh, it was my, yeah, it was the final one before I got the certificate. So it was a, one and a half hours of trying to get this guy to do the, the full whammy of insurances. You had to make sure you got your compliance right and tick all the boxes uh, with the financial service, afford, all that boring stuff. And uh, I had to convince, and this is no joke, he was like maybe 50 years old, chain smoker, that he needed a £150 a month life insurance plan, that this was the plan for him that I had to, to get him to, to sign up to. 
So the morning before this interview, I'd practiced all night what I was going to say. I went to get my breakfast, and uh, I was there four days. And you know, when you go away to a hotel, you've got to you've got to go all in, haven't you? You just always, even if you're not hungry, you go all in. So. I got the full English. I mean, everything was on my plate and got my wee orange juice as well. Had my nice suit on and went to walk over, found the table I was going to and I slipped. I slipped on orange juice in front of probably about 200 people and 200 people that were all suited and booted, all at business folk. And my breakfast proceeded to fall all over the front of my suit. So, uh, yes. And you know that moment when these things happen, everything happens in slow motion. That was one of those moments. I was like, and I remember just opening my eyes, just one eye and seeing like the breakfast. It was humiliating. It was humiliating. And uh, yeah, it wasn't very good. And the guy didn't take the insurances, which was probably because of all the egg stains on my tie. And uh, I managed to change my jacket, but I didn't have another tie. What a mess. What a mess. If we fast forward to chapter 16 in this passage, I just want to read a couple of verses. Verse 20, it says this. But just before I do that, the Lord has given uh, these people their food. Uh, they're wanting food. They're grumbling more. And Moses gives specific instructions how, how to eat this food. And uh, we're going to pick up in verse 20. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. And then fast forward to 25 to 28. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? You know, at that point, when I read those couple of verses, I just think, oh, what a mess. What a mess, Israelites, with your actions, not listening. They completely lost track of the path of the plan, of God's love, His protection. And this isn't a rash decision. This is a progression for these people that a grumble turns to a rumble and now it's a stumble. They think they know best. It's self-preservation. It's like protecting themselves. It's human survival instead of kingdom reliance, instead of trusting God, His promises, His words. And just as we come to a close I just want to challenge us. What are we doing to get by or live in the day-to-day that is contradicting what the Lord is calling us to? Let me say that again. What are we doing to get by or to live in the day-to-day that is contradicting what the Lord is calling us to? Maybe it's generosity. Maybe some of us are so fearful of giving out in case we lose out. Maybe it's trust. Maybe some of us here have been so hurt in the past actually we're coming here and going, no one's ever going to get in again because, because of what happened. Maybe it's the battles that we are, are in such a tough place right now that it's a head down kind of, I'm getting day by day and I'm not going to be looking up at this moment. You know, God calls us to generosity. He calls us to family. He calls us to community. He calls us to relationship. He is a, a good, good father. We sing of it often 
during our worship times. And maybe today is the day that we halt the stumbling, where we're walking on the opposite route. It's almost as I read this passage that the Israelites were walking backwards. You know, from, they had their, their lives in slavery. And instead of pushing on into all that God had for them, where there is challenges, where there is tough seasons, where there is battles, they were kind of trying sneakily to go, I want to go back. It was comfortable there, but actually not understanding the full picture or maybe forgetting the full picture. We know best and not trusting, not remembering, not holding on to the miracles. Maybe some of us find it hard to walk forward. We're still this morning. And maybe today is about baby steps. No more standing still. And then just finally, to close, we see that God again and again and again and again and again picks us up. He picks us up. You know, this passage, we are, we are so like the Israelites in a lot of ways. I am so like the Israelites in a lot of ways. If we believe and trust in Jesus, we need to grasp fully the freedom given to us by Jesus on the cross. What that means, what that changes, how we should live different. He picks us up. In verse 25, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. Chapter 16, verse 4, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Chapter 16, verse 12, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Again and again and again and again and again. He is a God of grace. Even when we don't listen, even when we grumble, even when we rumble, even when we stumble, He never gives up on us. He never gives up on us. If you are sitting here this morning and you've given up, maybe on a particular area of your life, maybe on a dream, maybe you're very close to thinking, you know what, this God stuff, I'm done. There's some dramatic hand actions there. He's never going to give up on you. I feel that's a word for some of us this morning. And I don't know about you guys, but I can feel it in the room. There's, there's something that there's just something that the Lord wants to break this morning. I felt it from the moment we came in this morning. Way back, too early. You don't want to know the time. Why don't we stand?